Hey friend, I am so excited you're here. I'm Marianne Anderson. You might know me from This Loud House on Instagram, and I have a secret to share with you. I'm not really an expert, but I have a ton of friends who are. And each week you can join us for inspiring, fun, and practical tips on how to decorate your home, organize your space, take care of your body, chase those dreams, rock that outfit you just got at Target. And girl, we're going to help you with what the heck to make for dinner too. This is the Life Sunny Side Up Podcast. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome back to my conversation with Dorothy Dirsch. This is part two, and I know that you are going to love hearing the rest of her story and all of her wonderful, inspiring parent tips and just experience as she has mothered over the past 30 years. So if you love this episode, friend, I want you to do three things, okay? First, subscribe, and then that way you never miss an episode. And I'd love to hear your comments, so make sure you leave one of those too. And you can take a screenshot and you can post it on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Make sure that you tag me at This Loud House and you can use the hashtag LifeSunnySideUpPod. I think it's so beautiful what you've done because you, your family to me, at least looking on, you know, outside looking in the relationship that everybody has with each other is so cool. And even though you've got, you know, one in your, their thirties and one just, you know, in the teens, I mean, it's so neat to see that. How have you cultivated that? Cause I know that doesn't just happen. Like, it doesn't just happen. It's, I know a lot of work that you and your husband have put into that. But practically, are there some things that you guys have done as a family to really cultivate the relationship that your kids have with each other? I would say one of the things that you're doing with your recent post would be family dinners. Yeah. And that is a big one that it's just assumed in our family. I grew yeah. up with family dinners. Mark grew up with family dinners and we've just made that a thing. Mm -hmm. Our home is our job. It's not mom's job or dad's job. So how are you taking care of your home? So family jobs. Mm, I like um, that. Ownership, personal ownership. ownership. So finding, and I will say every season has been different. We've homeschooled for a season. We've public schooled. We've private schooled. We've done all three at the same time. I mean, it's been a variety of things that we do. But through all of that, given the ownership of the whole house, it's not just that child's room, which of course plays into it, right. but it's the whole house. When you're responsible for emptying the dishwasher, you care how the brother puts the cups in. And when the brother is responsible for the dishwasher, then you care how you put the cups in because you've already been there. I love that. So it's kind of that idea of just, and pointing that out gently. Yeah. And it, and then it organically happens. And I remember you telling a story about getting kids to eat their food and how you did that. You have to share that because I think it's so great. And I know what's crazy is I have struggled. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've struggled with my kids not wanting to eat. And it was something like, that was their next meal. Like if they weren't going to eat it, right? Isn't that what it is? Things at the kitchen table. Well, there's really three. 
All right, give it to us. Because I, I mean, I, there is not a mom out there that doesn't struggle with, you know, their kids wanting to eat actually good whole food that doesn't have marshmallows in it. All the time. Right? Yeah. One of the family things has been that you take a thank you portion. So we sit and we eat family style where you serve, your, serve yourself. Some moms do blue plate where she serves it up and you eat what's on your plate. Oh. But we do a family style where it's in a bowl, you serve yourself and you have to take what's always been called a thank you portion. If it's on the table, then you need to have some of it on your plate. And then you need to find a method to get it down your throat without any ugly look or there's no, no discussing it. There's, it needs to go down your throat. I and love so my it. kids got very adept at hiding it in the thing so they could get it swallowed. <laughs> Um, you know, you can see them doing shots with yeah. <laughs> the peas to the back of their throat, chug the milk. And I was okay with that as long as they could hold a peaceful demeanor. Mm-hmm. And always I do have an end goal. The end goal is they could sit with someone who needs Jesus and walk through a cultural difference, whether it was in the United States or international And um, you could sit through a business meeting and eat something that is distasteful to you and you were skilled in it. And so that really is my goal in making them do that. I love that. (laughs) The other one is if it didn't get eaten. So you had a grilled cheese sandwich and you decided you didn't want it because you knew you could come back in 15 minutes and get something else. I just simply wrapped up their plate put it in that you can be finished. You can get down from the table, not a problem. And me staying peaceful with it. Right. Yes. These things help me stay peaceful. It's not eat your vegetables. It's like, that's fine. You need to put another serving on your plate and try it again. But with the, if you don't finish what's on your plate, then I simply wrapped it up and it was your next meal, whether it was 15 minutes from now or four hours when we sat down together. So that was, yeah, those things. And the other one is family. I mean, it's the rule to clean your own plate up and then one other dish from the table. So even if it wasn't your job in the kitchen this week, you took your dish, rinsed it, put it in the dishwasher. You took another dish and put it over to the counter to help clear. If you did not put your own dish away, then it sat on the table and that's what you got for your next meal. Oh, man. Obviously, you thought that that was adequate. And so, sure, if it's adequate for you, adequate for me. If that means your grilled cheese sandwich goes in a (laughs) inch of milk, that is a really rough way to learn. But I was peaceful about it because that's what you chose. (laughs) And they figured it out, you know? I mean, the other thing I remember you saying with toddlers that were always like whining and crying, and it was something like, that's all right, you can cry, but I need you to do that with your mouth closed, right? Exactly. I thought that is so, and I think what I love, Dorothy, about your parenting style is you found a way to be calm and Mm. it can escalate so fast, you know, whether they're a toddler or a teenager and you just want to like, like, listen to me right now. This is advice for me too. Like what, Mm. how do you stay calm? And like that focus of this is why I'm teaching this, not just so they will not drive me bonkers, but there is an end goal. 
so is there like a switch that your mind has to go to? I'm sure now it's easier than it was, you know, in the beginning. Now I have teenagers. Different 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 beast. Yes. Part of it is the end goal that I do. I am raising CEOs. They may be janitors. I don't put in front of my children what they're going to be job wise. Mm -hmm. You already know some of their bent and you can see, oh, this field would be good for them. But I am raising people that other people are going to work with Mm. and other people are going to interact with at church and other people are going to go to the grocery with. And how would I want my people to be in those situations? If you're running a business, my kid can't be sitting. I mean, I literally look at them at the swing set with their kicking and swinging at the sibling or the friend and think that that is not going to cut it in a boardroom. Yeah. So for me to go out with the mindset of first safety, yeah. because there's always that, sometimes you need to escalate for safety. Mm-hmm. You escalate, you separate, you do whatever needs to happen. Right. And then it is the um, listening to both sides sometimes. It is recognizing the bigger picture is the character, not the event that's happening right here. Mm. Um, who is this this boy going to be if he gets away with this thing? Who is this girl going to be if she gets away with, like if there's no correction or redirection? So I think that is one of the things that just keeps me much more peaceful. Yeah. It is a way bigger picture than just this moment and shutting up because we're in the grocery store and that. I'm willing to shut things down um, like the grocery store, like the, I'm sorry, we can't do this because of the behavior and really stick into it. So you just leave the grocery. Like if they're going crazy, the list that's done. We leave. Yeah. And I have left a grocery cart half full, Mm. pulled it to the front and said, I need to leave. Sorry. Yeah. Because it is a bigger job than just, and you can't do that every day. So then you don't, you have to, you don't guilt about, I really need these six things and I can't leave. So I just have to strap them to my hip and do this thing that exists too. But overall, the whole training perspective that this is not survival for me. This is training who I want these people to be character wise. And I think that's, that is kind of at the core of my piece. Yeah. I, that's so beautiful. And I think that what I see has happened is you have this ability to, you're training them, but also giving them space and freedom Mm -hmm. to live out their Enneagram number or whatever that is. You know what I mean? And did you ever struggle with, and I know you've got some adult children who have been crazy successful. They have gotten the, you know, Mm -hmm. job that the parent always dreamed they would have kind of thing, you know, but how, as you've raised these teenagers there, I know we always struggle with who we see what we want them to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And then versus what is actually happening. And, you know, has that been a struggle to kind of like sit back and let them make those mistakes and do the things or did that come natural to you? I don't think anything really comes natural to any mother. Um, <laughs> That's a good answer. Even the things that kind of feel more ourselves, 
are so stressed and stretched that I do think we have to make some real intentional choices all along the way. So things do come more naturally to some of us than others. And I wouldn't say to some of us, to each of us, because the things I'm not real good at and I had to really work intentionally. I'm so glad you said that. Are things that you're good uh, at. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not real good at, like I've had to make myself better at the sit and look at the one person and play this stupid game. (laughs) One of our daughters who came home from China is our youngest and she... What she did right after orphanage and entering our home was she dressed and undressed Barbies. She washed their clothes all day to dry and dressed and undressed Barbies. I cannot tell you the pain I had in my soul as I sat on the floor (laughs) dressing and undressing Barbies. Days on end. When will it end? (laughs) Oh, it was awful. But it's what she needed for bonding. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. And it was a season and she doesn't still do that. <laughs> not. <laughs> but it's not something I was good at. Yeah. And it wasn't a natural because I do know other moms who just love to spend that one-on-one time doing the game or the, the art or the what. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so forcing myself to do the things I knew I needed to do. But also just keeping the big picture in mind and working on the areas that were my strengths and my weaknesses. Hey guys, so if you never want to miss a podcast or any of the scoop that's going on around here, go to www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You get all the fun freebies that I send out and you can join our amazing community. Again, it's www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe. Is it hard to basically, I feel like we have so little control the older they get, right? Because they're not in our space and they make mistakes and they're going to have to learn and all of those things. And how do you, how do you deal with that? And is that a struggle? So in that, as a young mom, there is a lot of truth in the statement that how you plan your day and spend your day so strongly affects how your children respond. If they're not fed, if they're not slept, if they're, you know, if the routine is out, that falls on you, but you see it in their bad behavior. Yeah. So we want to adopt that as life. If I manipulate the situation, they're going to behave well. And that becomes less true as they become themselves in independent humans, which is what we want. Mm-hmm. But it's so freaking scary. Oh. <laughs> because I can manipulate all the stuff. Yeah. And they can still choose poorly. And they actually need to choose poorly. Yeah. That is kind of another parenthesis is looking at the ages and stages. Having many children is really helpful in that I can look at the 14-year-old and when she is just holds people in contempt. Right. I don't feel like I've failed now. I did for the first three. I felt like I had failed. Yeah. This time it's like, ah, she's 14. She is. She'll grow out of it. 
She's reading the script. This is exactly what she should be doing at this age. And my, my job now is to do exactly as I should be doing by confronting her about that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so that, you're not just like, oh, this is what 14-year-olds do. This is, no. this might be what they do, but we're going to talk about it. Right. Because we don't want that 14-year-old to take that into her adult life. Right. And right. how is she going to figure that out if I don't meet her with truth and with resistance to this isn't who you are, baby. Mm-hmm. This is not the person that you really are. Don't act that way. That isn't you. Let's get back to what would it look like Yeah, if you had done the same interaction with your sister, your friend, and used kind words. And time-consuming. Yes. Messy, time-consuming. I was going to say, you know, you must not be on your phone very much. You know, distracted. (laughs) I mean, because that takes time, right? To really get in there and to relationship it with the kids. Yes. And it's not just about scolding, right? It's right. that conversation that you're having. What are some questions that you ask your teenagers when you know they've made a bad choice? You know, it's not like you, you're grounded. Goodbye. You made a bad choice. But it sounds like you really get in there and you dive in. What are some questions that you ask? Hmm. I think we have learned, and I will say nature versus nurture mm-hmm. is real. We have four bio kids that we thought were so different from each other. We thought their personalities were, oh, there's these two are kind of alike, but they are so different. And then we've brought in through adoption for other personalities and now through right. five. My first four are cookie cutters. <laughs> we and I think there is something like we innately identified with some of their genetic characteristics. Mm -hmm. So we knew how to balance some of that differently than we've had to grow with um, the younger children. Right, right. That, um, I mean, I would stare at them and say, like, I have no idea what's going on in her head. I have no idea. And so we've really, I think, grown as Mark and I have grown as people, yeah, not just in our parenting, through parenting the youngest 4.5. Right, right. So questions I, that we will, not just the questions we would ask them, but also we've grown in the fact that this is a digital age. My mm-hmm. teenagers are in a different world than my 28 and 30 year old yes. were at this age. So us growing in culturally, even what Mm -hmm. we could have been back in the 90s, we have to function as parents this current decade. Phones are a big deal. Don't give them access, unlimited access to the internet until you are ready for them to keep it. Mm. You can't take it back after you find out that your nine-year-old shouldn't be doing such and such. Right. I mean, you can take it back, but you're causing way more drama for yourself. Right, right. Watching people who don't give their kids phones until high school, which Mm -hmm. seems bizarre to today's culture, they fight the one battle, I'm sorry, you don't have a device. 
the parent who allows their student to have it sooner, which we have. And I think it was a bad choice on our part, an iPod, not a phone, but the battles we have to have individually. I want to Instagram. I want Snapchat. I want right. this app. I want, and had I just said no, no phone at all. It would have been so easy. <laughs> it would have been way easier. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So being thoughtful about that. And then phone is the ultimate disciplinary tool for our yeah. family, which horrifies me. But I know. It's we the live. truth. Oh, it's the truth. Yeah. That removal of the phone changes behavior. It does. But when, when we do get to talk about the issue of mm-hmm. their behavior, their attitude, the questions that I would often swing by them are based in some of the Enneagram. Yeah. Is, so you don't submit to my number eight mm-hmm. authority that you don't feel is worthy. Why did you struggle with his worthiness, your boss's worthiness, and you ended up losing the job? Like mm-hmm. helping them think through what the situation was. And I would say probably 60% of the time, it doesn't feel very successful (laughs) to walk them through those conversations. Okay. But I then hear them on the phone with a friend. Uh, I have conversations later. It's very, very kind of run in, do your work and back out with a teenager. uh Uh-huh. With very with fewer expectations in the moment. Right. I'm teaching them to be an adult. So think, yeah, think it through. And I don't want to be personally pressured to tell you what, I mean, a menu. I don't want to be pressured initially when I sit down to tell you exactly what I want to eat right this minute. Right. So being thoughtful of that as these are young adults talking to them and talking with them about their choices and being proactive. Yes, you can go with your friend. What does that look like? What is, I mean, and sometimes they roll their eyes because it's so detailed at times. So it means be home by curfew. All right. What is curfew, honey? Mm. That way it's clear. It's clear. Yeah. We thought curfew was at 1130 on weeknights. It's like, what? We had a conversation. Yeah. 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 So would you say that basically it's getting them to, I feel like it's almost the teenager seems to be on this hamster wheel of thought and getting them to kind of break out and go, oh, but what about this? And maybe think about just thinking in a different, breaking out of that in a different zone is helpful. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Yeah. I love that. Well, Dorothy, there's so many other things that I want to ask you. Oh, and oh my goodness. I mean, we haven't even gotten to everything. But if there is one message that you would like to share with mothers, what would it be? I will share a moment that happened this spring when we attended the med school graduation of our third child, who's a daughter. We were able to have my firstborn, his wife and two children. Mm. That's John, Justin, and his wife and baby were with us. Anne was graduating in Michigan, and Austin and his wife were with us. We were all together for most of the weekend, 
Mm -hmm. The littles who are not little, they're 18, 18, 16, and 14, weren't able to come because of school dynamics. But I was with my bigs. And I have always, one of my prayers when I had seven children in the day was that they would affect every continent. Mm. And I'm leaving that open-handed to God. I still pray that that every continent will be affected by my children, Mm. that God's world will see some truth through them on every continent. And I'm really curious how he's going to do that with Antarctica, but still, (laughs) but still sitting at a coffee shop when the two young families had, had started their travel home. I'm sitting with just Austin and Anne And thinking about what my adult children had talked about that weekend, who they care for, who they love, who they church with, how they minister to workmates, how they look for opportunities in their community, how the two young mamas struggle at home with my grandchildren, Mm -hmm. just their lives. And I was overcome with how big my children's lives are. Wow. I have had input in what God is doing in eight people who have big lives. Yeah. And how both solemn that is and also how joyful that is that not only was this work good work while I was doing it, it is good work that's bearing fruit in places I'll never go. Wow. And so I think maybe that inspiration is something that I I hope young mamas, when you're in the thick of it, Mm. can recognize it is about today. There's so much about today that you just have to do, but it is so much about tomorrow. Mm. That's beautiful, Dorothy. Thank you, friend, for being here. I appreciate you so much. My pleasure, indeed. Thanks. Hey, y'all. So if you would like to join our community on Facebook, we have a special group just for you. You can continue the conversation off the podcast online. Simply join the Life Sunny Side Up podcast group. Just search in your groups. It'll come up and I will be so excited for you to be a part of this amazing community. 